Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my steam host over the years. Kathy, I think it's been 16 or sometimes we lose count, could be 17 years. You know, we were using, doing this one that used to be called a radio show, now a podcast. Uh, so Kathy and I have been working with leaders and helping them to perform in the top 10% for just uh, years. And what we try to do on this show is add some tips, some tools, some key things, if you're a leader, that you can do a little differently sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, or what you can do with your team. And we always talk about emotional intelligence. It's one of the key aspects to being a top performer. When you look at how smart people are and you look at technical expertise, emotional intelligence is the factor that has the highest percentage that leads to a person's success. And my emotionally intelligent partner, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> That's a wonderful introduction. I would love to be emotionally intelligent. You know, it's it's funny for years, right? We have been, you know, talking about emotional and social intelligence, the importance of positive psychology and all the wonderful things that we do to help people to stay on track, to recognize when they're going to derail, and to have self-awareness. And I have to laugh because I'm usually the last in line to take that ticket because life has been so crazy for the last couple of years. But uh, we are always happy to be with our audience and hopefully bring them a little closer to their desired emotional intelligence. Uh, We'll just call it beauty um, that we always know is on the inside of each of us, right? We just have to find a way to bring it back. Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, knowing uh, Kat over over the years, you know, the trials and tribulations you've had with the hurricane and other aspects, health issues, you know, you're just a great example of resilience. I think what's kind of going on in our world today uh, is very challenging for all of us. And I think, you know, leaning on that resilience, building that sense of resilience, you know, managing yourself is that side of the, of uh, the EI, um, combination and then helping managing others. But anyway, you've always been a great example of that. Well, I'm very, well, that's sweet of you. I, I'd say, I, I can say that you've been the, the patient person here. And as many of you are going to be excited <laughs> today to hear about, conscious, capable, and ready to contribute. I am really excited to hear Catherine tell us a lot about how we can do better at being us. And uh, I know she uh, is the co-founder of of AO People Partners. We're going to hear some really interesting information today. I know she has a background in conflict resolution. Uh, Is there anything you want to talk about, really, before we jump in here and as my brother loves to say, um, getting. Yeah, let me let me just say just a quick word, and then I think we'll do a, a little further intro on Kathy. You know, I just uh, reason I was a minute too late. I do the supervision class for the College of Executive Coaching, where people actually present cases. Uh, and so one of the one of the things that came up just with someone who's a, a global leader dealing with things. Just given what's going on with, you know, Israel and, and Hamas and, and other aspects of the world, it came up with, with all the emotionality. And I think this aspect of how can we have empathy for everything that's going on with people? And, but there's a certain point we don't want to have so much empathy that we collude with them. And now we got more people hijacked. So that right. that distinction of ha- having empathy versus yeah I can't believe that well I can't believe this either and how do you have the empathy but then you shift to the cognitive questions and we know you know that inverse relationship between when you're hijacked and then the executive functioning and so that's a, a, a maybe a 
that Kathy will be able to, um, uh, Catherine will, will allude to that. You want to have empathy for your direct reports, but when do you switch because you don't want to get everybody hijacked to the cognitive right. piece where they have a little bit more certainty and control? Yeah, I was just going to jump in there and say I think the easiest thing to do today is, you know, I'll definitely be Kathy, and Catherine will definitely be Catherine, and that it's going to be hard for the audience, I know, to follow. <laughs> yeah, it'll be hard for us to follow. All right, good. But uh, that that will be very helpful. And and to add on that, Relly, because I think today's show uh, is, is really going to focus on the importance of these kinds of contributions without being hijacked, and you love to say, which I absolutely agree with, we are living in an environment now that requires more than ever before, and I say it all the time, and, you know, this more than ever before is hitting us in multiple ways, and even though we think we may be prepared for a conversation, especially as we move into a new year coming out of, you know, this year that we thought was going to get past COVID, it has actually dug in, right? We, we, we have dug in to some of the behaviors that we learned coming out of COVID. And as a result, it's gotten more and more difficult for us to get out of being hijacked and I know people aren't necessarily using that term as much as they used to or using triggered now, but I, I, I am very excited to hear about how we're going to handle yeah. some of these things. So uh, I'm ready when you are. Okay. Well, let's just say a couple words more about Catherine. She is a co-author with Ed Ofterdinger, uh, and Catherine, you can correct me on that, but their book of conscious people and ready to contribute how employee development can become the highest form of social contribution. So, um, Catherine, uh, welcome to the show. We've got a lot of questions that we want to ask you that will allow you to kind of elaborate more so. Right. Well, it's just a pleasure to be on your show. Um, I live and breathe um, all issues around emotional intelligence, and so I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Well, super. Let's jump in here with one of our favorite questions, and our our audience always expects this one first on our program, having been with us for so many years, and we thank you all for being there. Can you give us a little background on who have been some of the major influencers in your life? And I'm sure there have been many, but maybe one or two key people that have really shaped who you are, Catherine, and where you are today. Wonderful. I think that's a great question that you ask um, your guests. And, you know, I think about uh, people who have influenced me um, in kind of three buckets, those who have overcome adversity and have inspired me that way, Mm. those who pursue big ideas in the world, that inspires me, and then people who bring out the best in others, that's really inspired me. My father... Uh, from my early years, um, really taught me what it means that you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it because he lost the use of his left eye, fell into a thorn bush mm-hmm. as a child, but he went on to become a cardiovascular and thoracic surgeon with one eye. Wow. And so that really taught me that even with, you know, a handicap or an adversity, you can certainly... Uh, make it in the world. I've had great mentors, um, Dr. Jennifer Wild, um, who studied under Chris Ardris, really taught me about mm. um, organization development, um, and I really learned from her. The thought leaders that really influenced me today in the work that we do um, in the world of adult and leadership development um, are Robert Keegan and Lisa Leahy. We've done a lot of work around what it means to develop in the workplace as adults. Amy Edmondston, I'm sure you're very familiar. You and your listeners are familiar with Amy Edmondston giving us the concept of psychological safety, which is very important in the workplace around learning. And then Bob Anderson um, has been a a huge uh, influence in giving us um, a leadership development framework in the Leadership Circle Profile. 
I just want to comment on the fact, really, before you jump in here, is we are so grateful to those authors who've also endorsed our work, you know, put their name on our books, and who are often uh, also guests. So what a great list of people, Catherine. We are also blessed to have them in our lives. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Kat. Uh, so, uh, Catherine, tell us a, a little bit about your background. You co-founded AO People Partners. Maybe give us, you know, that, that story, uh, and then you can also kind of highlight, you know, what you guys do today. Certainly. Well, the bulk of my 30-year career um, as a management consultant and also um, a mediator, um, facilitator, and coach, um, I've you know really spent my time uh, helping individuals and teams build the foundation of awareness and skills that they need to communicate and collaborate productively in, in at work. Um, you know, like everybody who's worked in an organization, um, I've experienced and witnessed workplace cultures that can bring out our best uh, qualities and our worst tendencies. And I've experienced and seen leadership that has uh, been effective and ineffective. So that's really been the bulk of my career is really working around um, personal skill development and problem solving. But about 10 years ago, I found myself questioning the effectiveness of our approach to leadership and people skills development in the workplace. Um, I've seen, you know, through the training programs that I've led, um, employees are, are very excited about what they learn um, in their programs, and they're excited to bring them back. But there's two things that happen that I find. First is that... Um, People find out it's not always as easy to retain and apply what they learn back in the workplace um, on a regular basis. And second, they often become disillusioned when the concepts they learned aren't consistently observable and uh, in their leaders and fostered in their work culture. So I really was beginning to see how important structure, culture, and incentives in the workplace are for developing you know, in an ongoing basis, and organizations really aren't well designed for that. So I decided to devote the rest of my career to advancing why and how organizations develop human potential. And that's why I co-founded AO People Partners with Ed Ostradinger. Uh, Relly, you pronounced his name well, um, because we wanted to contribute to making leadership and people development uh, more of an integrated and sustainable part of a company's culture. Catherine, what does A.O. stand for? Well, A. is actually Alan, my last name, and O. is Ed's uh, last name. Um, So it's A.O. and then People Partners. Um, And we do have a number of partners that work with us um, and a cadre of coaches that help us implement our programs and our consulting work. I will say that we are very inspired by our higher purpose. Um, I think about it every day, and it's with us in the work we do. Our purpose is to inspire and support the conscious practice of people development in the workplace. And we are a leadership development and organizational transformation, culture transformation company. Um, Our vision is um, a vision that we really aspire to is that one day we uh, envision that the conscious practice of people development will become a recognized and incentivized form of social contribution. And we want to be a organization that really helps um, to bring that awareness and consciousness into the way we think about the role of business. That's fantastic. And you know, it's funny and really, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll, you'll not only agree with this, but want to jump in on this dialogue. One of the hardest things that you mentioned, Catherine, for any of us to do, whether it's virtual or in person, is to go to a program where we are immersed with like-minded people and great inspiring speakers and concepts, and then go back into either isolation in a hybrid environment or in a workplace where other people haven't experienced that dynamic and be true to the changes that we've committed to be more conscious people in the development Mm -hmm. of others in our work. 
in our interpersonal skills and in the things that we have committed to doing on behalf of our company. Uh, one of the things I just want to put out there for, for both of you is in this hybrid environment, because Rella, I know you, you teach a lot remotely for the College of Executive Coaching. I just finished a series of months of in-person programs with four and 500 people at a time. And it's hard. It's really hard for them to go back uh, to wherever they are and continue to kind of float on that high of goodness. So I'm kind of curious what kinds of things you might recommend. Well, this is really um, a key point is that it's, uh, we've got the inspiration. We're inspired when we come back into our work environment. But what's important, I find, is that we, that an organizational environment really um, create a culture. That means having a common language, a common understanding and expectation around the fact that we're all in the work of growing and developing as people, first of all, but certainly as leaders, um, specifically learning the skills of leadership, which, as you all know so well, they are mostly in the soft skill or interpersonal skill realm. And those kinds of skills, whether it's active listening or practicing empathy, um, critical thinking, these are not skills that are just you learn and then you turn on like a light switch. And so um, it's very important to look at developing yourself as a daily practice. It's a practice. It's not something that you have to be perfect. It's a practice. Every day you get to start over new. And so that's, that I would say, first and foremost, most, it's, a, it's a long-term journey. It's not, um, it's not a light switch. And so you have to be really uh, uh, kind to yourself and patient with yourself. And we need to be patient with others that are in that journey with us. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, and I know Raleigh wants to add to this. We're just going to jump into a quick commercial. Yeah. And when we come back, Raleigh, I'd love to hear your insights on this. And so much more. Don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech, like the hard-working men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand with quality with passion, we follow you in this way of life. Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Katherine Allen. Her website uh, is aopeoplepartners.com. A-O is for A is for Allen, and O is for uh, Oster Dinger, aopartners.com. And we're talking about her new book, uh, Conscious, Capable, and Ready to Contribute. And, Catherine, we were just talking about the key thing for all of us is how do we be conscious? I mean, sometimes it's, it's kind of a crazy thing to say, but most of us are, are unconscious or sometimes in a trance. So you may, can you speak to that aspect? Because all the great stuff that we may have for leaders and their teams, unless we're conscious and they're at our fingertips, they get unused So maybe you can speak to that. Absolutely. Well, conscious is the first um, word in the title of our book, and it was very important for us um, to start there because a conscious leader is someone, in our view, who is very awake, present, and aware of what they want to create. Okay? They are intentional about what they want to create in their leadership, in their business, in their organization. And so for us, awareness is something that we begin to notice. We begin to notice what we want, what we don't want, what we care about, what we don't care about, what matters most to us. And it's that that awareness, turning up the volume, if you will, on what we are noticing or what is here in the moment for us that leads to conscious choice. So in my coaching practice with executive leaders, um, helping them become more conscious is really the first step um, in their journey that starts with greater awareness, awareness of how they show up, awareness of what, of how they come across with other people, how other people experience them. So becoming aware of, of ourselves, but also aware of, of those around us leads us to be intentional or conscious about what we want to create, what we don't want to create. Um, but that, to, to us, is always where it starts, is greater awareness of self and then others, and then purpose, what we want to create um, with what we're doing in the world. That, that is so profound, and it sounds so simple, and yet we know it is one of the hardest things that we achieve to try and achieve every day. I, I'm, I'm really curious. Can you walk us through some of the, of the kind of soft skills that you talk about in your book that help us do just that? Absolutely. So my partner and I really believe that, um, that the, the organizational world, the world of business, uh, wherever you work, um, there are core skills, that, core human skills that all of us, no matter what you do, um, are necessary today for sure, but definitely going forward as machines will do more of our jobs, but not all of our jobs. And so some of the core human skills or people skills, we like to say, um, that are going to be really important um, is, of course, the suite of emotional intelligence skills, right? So that's the way we understand and and have self-awareness, self-control, self-motivation, empathy, and compassion, right? Those are actually things that in the workplace we need. Um, but also imagine um, understanding the importance of kindness as a skill is very important. Um, giving and receiving feedback is really uh, key, as we know. Um, in the communication skills category, active listening is probably the most important skill that we can use 
um, on a day-to-day basis because it leads to so many other things, uh, hearing other people well, um, being able to respond uh, to the what's been said questions. Now, resolving conflict and leveraging different um, or other skills, that those are what we call interpersonal skills. We also think of mind skills, the executive, you know, the the skills that are embedded in our brain's cognitive function and that, you know, are closely associated with learning and problem solving. And so some of those are executive function skills like focus and organizing and planning. But growth mindset um, is a skill that, that we can develop with more awareness. So it's adaptability and critical thinking. Um, so those are just a few, decision-making. Um, but there, we think that there are core, core skills. And we organizations would mm-hmm. do their people a service if they could really focus on the core skills that all, all people need to be effective that are foundational for, for leadership skills. So, Catherine, we want to get into kind of these core skills um, and some of the people skills that you're talking about. Uh, but one of the things is when you're dealing with, with leaders, as, as Kat and I have to do and you do all the time, uh, people don't have the time for that, and they kind of go back to, you know, but i got to think about my bottom line. i got to think about this task. i got to think about this report, this meeting I got. I, you know, I, I don't have the time for the people. The negative side of that is we can always put off people, and we always put forward the task. How do you... Um, explain that to people to create the time, you know, for the people skills, and then we can kind of get into, you know, what are some of those skills? Mm-hmm. Certainly. You know, I like to think of that saying, penny wise, pound foolish. Um, to me, that's very applicable. Um, if you're a leader in an organization, uh, the most important skills that you give are not actually your tech- technical skills. Um, by the time you become a leader in an organization, you're needing to lead people. And, um, and so you really have to think about the fact that people really rely on leaders to own, model, and drive um, those kinds of, of people skills. And so we know from a business perspective that um, emotional intelligence and interpersonal skills are really key to business gains. And there's a big cost uh, to lack of those skills uh, from lost productivity, attrition of employees. People, you know, employees tend to, uh, their biggest reason for leaving companies um, is not so much the organization, but the manager. Um, So, that leads to lost revenue, higher turnover, and even, you know, higher uh, stress, you know, and, and mental health issues. So we can say I don't have time, but we have to start to see that the job of a leader today in an organization is to work on your own development, uh, becoming better at the skills that you need all of the people in your organization to be better at because they look at a leader at the top for every cue, every cue about what's important. And so leaders have to model the skills that are most important for the sake of the business um, in their company. Catherine, I'm going to kind of throw a sticky, uh, kind of a sticky situation here and, and get your, your opinion as a practitioner and really jump in here as well. Well, I'm taking notes actively here. And one of the things I love about your use of the um, the need to develop emotional intelligence, active listening, empathy, and giving and receiving feedback um, in a way that creates, and I'm going to throw in there, psychological safety, because we all know that that's the, the uh, culture of the day you know, this human-centered leadership and psychological safety. And the, the, the kind of the, the sticky widget I'm going to throw in here is we know that while these things are important, unfortunately, we are, many of us, thank goodness, probably not the three of us, are working in environments where the leadership is being 
performance managed on their quarterly sales or their quarterly service or whatever other product it is that they're being measured for. And there is, I believe, an undercurrent, and audience, you know, check me on this, that we are responsible for our own development. And because we're using technology, people assume that that's naturally part of the equation, when in fact it's not the technology that's important in our learning cycle, but the active listening, the empathy, and the giving and receiving feedback and a psychological safety using what we've learned in technology is important. Can you just give me your, your uh, you know, top-of-mind answer? I love that question, Kathy. I think about it all the time. Uh, a lot of leadership development and the learning and development space um, is focused around technology, tech-enabled learning and development. But I am a big believer that the soft skills um, are not learned and developed in classrooms or looking at a screen. Mm -hmm. They're developed with other people. I mean, you don't learn about empathy until you've experienced it, until you've seen someone who's who's being empathetic to someone else. So soft skills or interpersonal skills that we need in the workplace really are meant to be developed with people over time. You can learn about them in a, in a, in a classroom setting or a book or, um, you know, looking at a, at a, listening to a podcast. I mean, there are all kinds of ways to gather information about these skills. But what organizations have to really get their head around is how do they make the, the skills that are most important to their business or their organization understandable and knowable by everyone so that everyone can march towards being on that journey of developing them. So if active listening is a really important part of a sales uh, person's job, then that's something that the organization has to make, uh, have a common language around, a common expectation around. And so it's really the rhythm and the culture and the expectation of being in everyone being in a learning and development mode and how the organization supports that in the culture and it's driven by the leadership. That's when all of the skills, no matter what they are, you can pick anyone you want. But if an organization values that skill, then they have to support the environment where peers help each other because that's when it really catches on and you see a lot of natural lift in development. So, Catherine, with that, I love, I love what you're saying here because it certainly resonates with Kat and myself and the work that we do, and it adds value to the organizations we work with. Your model of own, model, and drive, you know, as I'm looking at that, um, I don't know if you use those as metrics because I think you could easily, you know, it's simple enough that, you know, where is someone on a 1 to 10 on owning, modeling, and driving? Um Oh, I love that. You know, as far as, yeah, as far as trying to get practical that mm-hmm. leaders can, you know, drive these, uh, you know, own model and drive. You know, mm-hmm. just one thought I have. But in the culture, how do you, like, what are some practical ways that people can own it and I guess embed it and then follow up on it? Like, how, how do you yeah. go about that? Yeah. Well, we... We really latched onto this idea of own, model, and drive the development agenda uh, in addition to a business agenda because it's really sticky. Um, leaders remember it. So um, we say this because a leader has to own their own developmental journey. They have to see it as their journey, not just something they want for other people, you know, to be in development. But they have to own it because the only way they can truly model uh, leadership practices um, and abilities is if they are really authentic about their own journey and developing them. Because 
Mm. Nobody is going to reach a point where they're perfect at, um, you know, any one of these skills. We're all in the journey of it. But when a leader can own it, then they can authentically model it. And that's what inspires other people to to step into development themselves, right? Developing themselves. But the thing that in leadership development I think is missing a lot of times is a lot of development focuses on the owning part, that's the individual part, and modeling it within your team, for example. But leaders have to understand they have to drive the development agenda in their organization. Mm -hmm. They can't just pass it off to HR or a training program or L&D. They really have to be driving the, the, the practices, the, the uh, expectations, the incentives that make it part of the culture. That's really important. So O-Model Drive is just a mantra that's really been wildly effective with our leader clients because it, they remember it. They, and, now they, and then they repeat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's great that way. Well, we're going to learn some more about many of the topics that you have in your new book, Conscious, Capable, and Ready to Contribute. So don't go away, Catherine. We're going to be right back with a wonderful waiting to listen to you. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. How can you be brilliant in the moment? Given the daily challenges you face at work and home, how can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. Icy Tech. Like the hardworking men and women that get up every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. IC Tech has been with you since 1998. And with the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life. IC Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Leadership Development News. We're talking with Catherine Allen. She is the co-author with Ed Ofterdinger. Their new book is out now, Conscious, Capable, and Ready to Contribute. You can get it on Amazon. We're talking about driving leadership development. Can the leader own, model, and drive the leadership? And Catherine, you mentioned that in the book you have some different strategies that uh, leaders can use, you know, and it sounds like uh, around the own and drive and model. 
Um, maybe just share some of the practical aspects that, that a leader could take away just from our conversation today. Yeah, so if there's any one, um, you know, a, a driving theme for leaders and organizations today is that your own development and the development of others is really best served um, when the culture really supports that. So you want to think about... Um, we have five strategies in the book that lays the foundation. And first, I think most important is understanding the role of leaders in driving a development agenda and the ability for everyone to be in a developmental uh, way of thinking, a frame of mind, a growth mindset, if you will. So that's number one. And, and that's where leaders really take responsibility for, one, being a role model for the developmental journey. Um, another one that's really important is really taking the time to think about if we're, if we're trying to, whatever we're trying to accomplish in our business, what are the core human skills, the core skills that you need everybody? And just picking a few is really important. And so aligning your business strategy with your people development strategy is really important because it, it, employees want to get better um, at being, uh, you know, the best they can be when they know it serves the business. Um, so that's important. Uh, we also think that embedding the developed messages and practices in your employee life cycle is a very practical way to keep the messages and the ways we talk about how we are individually growing and how we're collectively growing in, in, the, in the workplace. Um, so the way you hire, you want to hire people with growth mindset um, who are willing to learn and grow and be open to it. You want to um, onboard them with that expectation from the very get-go that you're really an organization that promotes and supports and is committed to people development. Um, the way you structure your developmental programs, the way you embed performance management with development. So how, what are you learning as you are performing on the job um, is an important conversation, even as you're promoting and thinking about, you know, what the needs are. So I think that really getting better at using uh, the rhythm of your work day to be more aware of skills that you're building and talking about that. I think the most important thing is to have a common language around the skills that are important in the business, whether they're technical skills or non-technical soft skills. Um, that's going to be really important. Developing cultural principles, uh, development culture principles um, are really important. This is what we expect of people who work in our business. Um, this is uh, why growth mindset is important, for example, um, or whatever those skills are. But uh, really developing the foundation in your organization where learning and development, growing as a leader, growing as, as a person is really, it's really core to making any investment in, in actual development programs sticky is that everyone knows that um, they're helping, they themselves are in a, in a, uh, everyday growth, uh, environment and they're helping each other. So peer to peer support is really, really important. So that's really our, our goal is to help leaders see the, their role in developing a strong development centered culture in the business. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I, I want to just make sure that we, I caught all five of them. So could you just just go in the order? Certainly. The first one, she... yeah, the first one yeah. is understanding the role of leaders. The second is aligning business and people development strategies. Uh, the third is identifying the core capabilities that your business needs to be successful. So just core, core, doesn't have to be a huge list, but the most important ones that you want everyone in the service of developing. Then divide, defining what principles around development are we all that are going to guide all of us so that everybody right. knows the, the, the rules of the road. And the last is embedding the development uh, messages and practices into the employee life cycle. Beautiful. You know, I want to just put this out there because I'm sure many of our listeners come across this problem as coaches and as uh, business leaders, and I'm sure you have too, Catherine. I know Raleigh has because he works with me every day. But <laughs> when you think of most organizations, uh, they want people to develop and they, they give them opportunities to put their development plan 
in their annual review. And for some organizations, and I'll throw out a couple of examples, you know, uh, before Amazon took over Whole Foods, you know, John McKay talked about conscious capitalism and part of his endeavor to embed those human practices into his departments, he would only allow the department heads to, if you will, to hire and retain people. Uh, And then when they were good and great at what they did in that division, that department, whether it was managing fruit and vegetables or dry goods, he would then allow them to interview with other teams, right, to participate. That way he was embedding that culture in the strategy and the delivery. And we thought, we see that again in companies like Nova Nordisk, who, you know, mm-hmm. started uh, developing a diabetes cure way back when they first began. And they are scalable and sustainable because they have that, that developmental centric passion for curing people, right? But when you are in a a company that doesn't have as clear a vision, when you are being asked to do things uh, using these competencies, but the leadership doesn't really quite embrace anything but the money end or whatever technology it is they're selling, how do you help them close those gaps? Just maybe a case study. Well, you know, one of the things that that we want leaders to discover, and it's more of a discovery or a rediscovery, you know, because I think a lot of times um, development expectations or the value of development is more implicitly understood than explicitly understood. And and so, you know, the the companies that you just described, and I know John Mackey uh, from Whole Foods um, personally, uh, but companies that take development seriously, what they're doing is they are communicating the, the, the why it is so important for their business and the expectation that uh, people are going to be in a developmental process, whatever that is. So, for example, learning, really learning a function really well before you can move on is an expectation. And when people understand the expectation, they can step into it. It's the lack of clarity that is what you're talking about is is really the problem. Um, and so, you know, I work with, um, uh, you know, just a case study, it, you know, a, a small uh, software development company in New Orleans, Susco. Uh, Neil Fuss, the founder and CEO, is so, it's so important to his business that it's so important to him that people are learning and growing, that that's what they hire for. And and he has, you know, himself been involved in creating the the development program that he wants everyone to be aware of and, and, and being a part of because that's what creates a common understanding and a common language and a common way of actually learning skills together that really make a difference. And so I think that the clarity of expectation and the commitment are the two most Mm. important things that leaders, particularly leaders at the top, must grasp about development. I mean, we spend $166 billion last, you know, study I saw from 2022, $166 billion in the U.S. alone on leadership development alone, $166 billion. And yet we're not well, getting enough return on investment. And the reason, I think, is because we're not creating the explicit understanding of the importance that everyone be a part of mm-hmm. that journey and that we're, we're committed to designing our companies for development. Because what an environment that's good for development is also good for business. It's good for productivity. Mm-hmm. And so designing your programs to fit in your day-to-day, it's an investment, sure, and it takes time. But, again, not being penny-wise, pound-foolish, invest in how people need to learn on a day-to-day basis, and that pays off in the long run huge dividends, huge. I 
love that. So, and I think uh, it's so important, Catherine, what you're saying, this start at the top. You know, you talked about having someone uh, really focus on that because people listen to them. One of the uh, CEOs that I that I deal with, um, and when they, he is out in the field, you know, with employees, one of the questions he always has is, "What are you What are you learning?" And I think from the mm-hmm. practical piece, the more these leaders can can make this on a daily basis and in their meetings, kind of emphasizes that. So I'm just wondering, you know, do you encourage in the coaching for them to have these conversations in their meetings, you know, um, each day? Absolutely. To kind of reinforce that? Absolutely. Uh, the more a leader talks about, I mean, simple things, you know, taking, take, yeah. taking time to say, you know, what works well? Why did this work so well? Let's understand that. Or why didn't it work well? What can we learn from it? I like to say that... Um, Everything and everyone can be a source of learning and growth. And when we have that one way of thinking about your day, that in this day, everything and everyone is somehow going to be a source of learning and growth, then we can create value from whatever happens. And so when a leader embraces something that simple that can talk about it, because we don't, we mm-hmm. don't make learning and growth comfortable in an organization historically, right? And, and so we have to make talking about this much more normalized in the workplace. And leaders have the best chance of doing that when they normalize it because they take the time to talk about it from their perspective, from others' perspective, but give full permission. Then people will naturally start to lean in to particularly the softer skills because those are the ones that, you know, are – on display all the time, but leaders have to notice them. They have to really do that initial work, and then they'll see the lift mm-hmm. of development start to happen. Well, I would just say that, and as we're getting here to the almost the close of the show, I would add two things to that, Catherine, for all of us who are listening, and that is we have to be first-class noticers. I love that. It's Warren Bennis's uh, claim to fame and everything he ever wrote about leadership as my mentor. And I want to also add that we have to always keep in mind if we're going to share our growth, we're also going to have to share our mistakes. And that psychological yep. safety to be able to share in a, in a safe environment is really important. So thanks today for all the great advice and walking us through your amazing program, and we look forward to reading the book and sharing it. Relly, any final words? Yeah, so for Catherine, conscious, capable, and ready to to contribute. For Kat, you and I, uh, emotionalbrilliance.com, and you can get your Why You Need Emotional Intelligence, your ebook, and... Continue to tune in to tune up your performance. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.